Welcome to the Creatrix Podcast. My name is Katie Williams and I am an intuitive healer and feminine embodiment coach. It is my pleasure to guide women into stepping into their most conscious, unbound, magnetic self. This podcast is designed for you to have a sacred container in which you can begin exploring the divine feminine power that lies within you. I'm so grateful to have you here and let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Creatures Podcast. It has been such a long time since we've done a live recording of the podcast, especially with a guest. And I'm so, so excited that we're getting to do this live again. Hello to those of you who are already joining. We are having a special guest on here today, Kenzie Hesperia. And we're going to talk about healing with food, nutrition, energetics. And it's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited for this. Kenzie, I just saw that you popped in and let me get you on here. It might take a couple seconds. (laughs) Hold on. All right. It should go. There we go. Hello. I'm doing so well. Honored to be here. Thank you so much for creating this space for this conversation and building community. Yes, welcome. So me and Kenzie connected on a Facebook group and when I got your Instagram when I said we're interested, I was like, oh my god, I really resonate with like what she does with food um and nutrition because that's been like a huge part of my journey as well. So I would love if you could go into just like how you got into this, how you got started and Absolutely. Yes, it was very divine that we found each other on this group. Um, And same thing, once I went to your page, I was like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing connection. Like, I just really resonate with what you um, share as well. So my journey really started way back when I was a kid. I've had chronic illness um, like mystery symptoms my whole entire life. Um, and I was always a foodie, but it was more so towards junk food, fast food, um, like really anything that could provide that comfort when I was suffering for so long. Um, so throughout like 2015, 2016, 2017, I was really um, exploring different ways of eating and nourishing my body. Um, In 2018, I actually found um, medical medium information, um, and that was really what flipped the script for me because I had been suffering for so long, and I was finally seeing um, actual improvements. And before, I really, I couldn't cook. Like, I barely could grocery shop myself, and it was just, like, a really challenging thing for me. And Um, through finding the healing foods that Anthony Williams shares. um, I created this passion for like cooking and getting creative with these certain foods that were helping me feel so good. So it was 
really, yeah, how I started through chronic illness and finding something that was actually working for me. I love that. And I kind of relate to what you went through as a kid with having like different, um, like chronic illnesses that were going on. So like, I had chronic constipation all the time. And I started like eating better a couple of years ago, and it just vanished, like, poof, went mm -hmm. away. And I think we underestimate like how powerful food can be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think foods also have like different vibrations and mm -hmm. I see that you go into like energetics as well. So how mm -hmm. do you, like, how do you combine food and the energetic aspect of it as well? Absolutely. That's a really great question. Um, I think in the medical medium community, it's really common to get very hyper-focused on the routine since it is a lot of um, prep work and a lot that goes into maintaining the lifestyle of eating this way. Um, and we can kind of get into a rhythm where we're not really intentional with it. We're not really focused. We're just kind of like going through the motions of our prep every day. Um, so I love helping people kind of take a step back from that and just set their intentions more. You know, if your produce is on your counter, like really touching your produce and like being like grateful for the healing properties and just having access to it um, and setting that intention and, you know, grabbing your drink in the morning and really like affirming and saying out loud, you know, this is going to heal me. This is so powerful. Like this is going to go into my body and do this and this and this for me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I bring into getting out of that um, monotony of just going through the motions and really setting an intention with it and um, focusing on the power. Yeah, I started doing that too like just really being one with what mm -hmm. I'm and just being like grateful for it um I've okay. actually started doing that with just like water as well like when I'm about to drink it, I'm like so grateful for this like so funny and things that we consume like really take that in do you feel that yeah. too Yes, I even if I had a label maker, I would put like powerful words like healing and nourishing and things like that. I don't have a label maker, but um, just those kind of intentions um, are really powerful. I think there's studies with um, water about the different molecular structure when we have those positive words and certain like vibrations around the water. So I feel like that kind of applies to even the living water in the fruits that we consume. I really feel that um, it's all just vibrationally like that energy um, and, and the power within it. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yes. So I would love to know, like, just in the energetic aspect, if you do any work with the chakras, um, because something that I've gotten, like, in my practices and teaching is that we match, like, food to what chakra needs healing or activation. So if I need, like, my sacral chakra to, um, like, heal a little bit, I'll drink orange juice, I'll eat apricot. Mm -hmm. And then I'll feel like 
infinitely better. So for something similar, like in your work as well, or how do you um, tend to teach like the concept of to? So chakras and kind of that um, correlation with food is something I'm still learning, but um, there are some that I do bring in like um, with the root chakra and, you know, how grounding potatoes are, um, little tids, tidbits like that, um, providing kind of um, focus foods for people to um, really be intentional with bringing into their routine. But definitely something I'm learning more about. We um, even just got a um, singing bowl and it's a heart chakra. So I'm kind of learning about you know, the heart chakra right now, since we just got that bowl, but um, something a little bit new for me, though. Yeah, I love sound bowls, too. Like, just so healing to listen to. Like, I could imagine, like, sitting there with a sound bowl and then, like, eating an apple, like, just activating the heart. Yeah. So yes. Practice to do. That's, like, the first thing I envisioned when you mentioned the sound bowl. I was like, ooh, that would be a really nice practice to do. Um yeah. But are there any like main areas of the body that you feel really passionate about? I know we talked a little bit and you mentioned breast health. So do you want to go that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the end of 2021, um, my wife found a lump. Um, and at first we thought it might be a blockage within her lymphatic system or maybe a cyst. And we went through the diagnostics um, to find out that it was a mass and it was um, cancerous. Um, so I became very passionate through helping her heal. She's been um, cancer free for almost six months now um, since the end of December. So um, became very passionate because a lot of what we were finding when we were discussing with her medical doctors, um, which she had an integrative oncologist, was something that I know a not, not a lot of people that have um, breast cancer have access to, but um, that doctor specifically was very, very open and acknowledged the environmental factors of food and diet and movement and um, radiation and such, such that we're exposed to um, just in our day-to-day -day life. And it helped um, really open my eyes to a lot of the ways that we have it within our power to um, really support our body and prevent that um, kind of illness and disease. Um, so I became actually really passionate about helping people support their lymphatic system. Um, because with um, breast health, our lymphatic system is um, filtering throughout our body and our chest is kind of that central area that it comes back to, um, to be eliminated from our body, all those pathogens, toxins and such. Um, and realizing how important our lymphatic system is for like that foundation of our health. Um, and really supporting all of our other organ systems by supporting our lymphatic system. Um, so, yeah, that's become a huge passion of mine because the statistics for um, breast cancer are just like quadrupling right now. And um, it makes me feel really lit up when I'm able to help people kind of change their routine before they have to go through that to um, prevent and be able to really keep their bodies strong.
That's beautiful. Is there yeah. you have to either through your own experiences or research, anything that like we have in our daily life that really affect our lymphatic system or just anything that like we can do without of um so that way that area of our body can be kept healthy yes um movement is really important hydration is really important um you know i have my <laughs> lemon water here and my watermelon juice that i'll drink next um so i get lots of hydration in the morning our blood when we wake up is very um, thick and concentrated with those um, toxins that we're ready to purge out. So getting that hydration in the morning really helps reset um, and kind of clear out our blood so that we can um, function properly and have the space in our body and that system to um, continue to detox and continue to be able to purge those toxins. Um, so yeah, morning hydration is really important and movement. So things, um, even with someone, um, you know, going through pain um, or challenging symptoms, even just bouncing on a rebounder um, is really helpful or kind of like bouncing on your toes if you might not have a rebounder. Um, so small movements like that, um, even yin yoga, um, just kind of getting that stretching, getting that connective tissue. I have a whole class about the lymphatic system, so there's really so many um, parts of it. But yeah, morning hydration and movement, kind of keeping that um, system flowing, preventing any stagnation throughout the day. Now, does caffeine have any effect on it? Because, like, personally, I don't drink caffeine because my body is just like, no, we cannot do this. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's so common in our culture to, like, wake up, drink a coffee, drink an espresso. But is that, like, affecting our bodies in a negative way? Um, I feel it is. I've been off caffeine for a few years. I was highly addicted to caffeine um, before I started on my medical medium journey or even maybe a little bit earlier. I think I might not have had caffeine since like 2017. Actually, it's been like five years. I the last couple years chronologically, I, <laughs> I forget <laughs> the order of things. Um, but yeah, so the last five years, I haven't had caffeine and I felt so much better. I didn't have that um, addiction toward it where I was getting headaches in the afternoon if I didn't have it. And um, it's actually severely dehydrating for our body. Um, so if we're getting that morning hydration, but then we're having a coffee right after it kind of just cancels that out. Um, so it can really deplete um, that water content and the hydration that we're getting into our cells, which just kind of um, creates a domino effect of not being able to purge out any toxins um, and have our normal detox system going on. Um, so it just kind of slows everything. And then our body's just kind of holding on to a lot of stuff that we should be able to eliminate and release. Mm, okay. Is there anything that you would recommend to people who are like, you know what, I'm kind of done with caffeine. So that way they can kind of ease their way out of it. Or do you recommend kind of just like quitting cold turkey and just getting into like a hydration routine? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Um, I've helped a few people transition off of caffeine, including myself and my wife. Um, she cut caffeine when um, her diagnosis and everything was going on last year. Um, 
I personally believe it's really important to scale it back slowly, even if you're like, oh, I'm ready to not have it right now. Our body um, is so used to the normal things that it's been consuming for so long. It's really great to go through slow transitions when we're making any changes like that, um, just so we can kind of like get our, our body adjusted. I don't, I don't feel like our bodies like very um, fast changes and all of a sudden cold turkey and things like that. I feel like it does like a transition. So I always suggest that people, um, you know, cut back kind of a quarter at a time. If you're having, you know, four cups throughout the day, have only three for a week um, and on a weekly basis, just continue to cut it back. And um, there's other things that we can substitute in certain herbs, certain teas, um, and extra hydration to kind of fill in that quarter of um, what what they were having caffeine before, but definitely recommend um, very slow transitions and um, doing it at a pace that kind of feels right for the body to transition. Yeah, like when I was in taking caffeine a lot, I was actually I was actually getting like decaf drinks, but that was still like really affecting my body. So I know personally, like I had to wean off of it as well. And um, you mentioned the herbs and teas and I love those now. I'll have those a few times. Mm -hmm. um, and also I love talking about like period health. And so I always, you know, going on to herbal teas, reducing caffeine intake, that type of thing. So what is your morning hydration routine like? Do you have a routine? Do you switch it up? Like, what does it look like in the morning of Kenzie? There's definitely a goal of what it looks like usually. Um, but I really go with the flow based on each day, depending how I'm feeling or just what my schedule is. I'm not strict about it at all. So it does fluctuate. Um, I usually start with 32 ounces of ginger lemon honey water. Um, so the night before I just um, chop up or mince some ginger in some water so it can steep overnight, really absorb all those nutrients. And then in the morning I add lemon and honey to it. Um, so that's what I start with. Um, then after that, I actually have celery juice. Um, so I've been having celery juice for about four years now. Um, the amount that I have fluctuates a little bit depending on the produce at the store, if I can get the full amount that I like, or if they might not look that great that week, um, then I'm, you know, totally fine to cut back a little bit. I usually try to have between 16 to 32 ounces of celery juice, um, not necessarily fresh. Sometimes I have to make it the day before, but I drink it within 24 hours of making it. And then I have um, a 32 ounce of watermelon juice. And I just kind of space them out like a half hour in between just so they can really do their magic um, before I start consuming the next thing. And this is just plain um, blended watermelon. Um, so that is my third drink of the morning. And then I move on to um, smoothies or fresh fruit. I usually get in wild blueberries are one of my favorite things to eat um, and have been really powerful at managing uh, my headaches and some of my chronic pain. Um, so usually my first smoothie of the day includes wild blueberries. Um, but yeah, I mix it up, just go with the flow. Life happens. So um, just, yeah, really focusing on what I'm doing consistently over time 
um, that's really powerful versus it being perfect every day because it's not. <laughs> yeah, it definitely changes. And sometimes yeah. I like up my breakfast routine. Once I get mm -hmm. into routine, my body just like wants it every day, but yeah. I intentionally split it up too. So that way my body's also getting different nutrients. So mm -hmm. your diet uh, mainly, would you say? Yes. Um, I only, I eat lots of raw plants throughout the day and then I'll have um, like steamed vegetables or maybe like oven roasted fries or something um, for dinner. But yeah, usually um, very high raw fruit screens and potatoes and yeah, very plant-based. Um, I do eat meat occasionally. I'll have like a couple bites of um, like steak or some like tri-tip or something at like a wedding once a year or <laughs> very, very rarely. I don't um, like restrict myself at all from that. So that's why I kind of don't consider myself a vegan um, because I do have meat um, like every few months, just a bite or two if I want. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I saw the um the plant based recipes link in your uh in your link in bio. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna ask about this because I like saw all the plant based pictures that you had on your feed, but I didn't wanna like assume like is this vegan, is this not vegan? So I just wanted to like clarify that. Um, would you say that genetics can like play a part in let's say whether like a plant-based diet is better or well I'm, I'm just thinking of like a personal scenario so um I'm Greek and in Greek culture there's a lot of red meat and personally there were a few times where like I tried to go plant-based but I was actually getting quite sick and then when I started putting red meat back into my diet like often my bloating went away, I wasn't getting sick anymore. So would you say that the effects of like different diets can vary from person to person based on genetics and that type of thing? Yeah, I definitely don't think there's a one one trick pony kind of thing um, for everyone. Um, I kind of like to see everyone just as an individual. Um, there's definitely differences within our bodies. I think with um, transitioning to plant-based, you have to eat and like consume so much because the calories are um, so much lower. Um, so it can be really hard to transition to a plant-based diet. But yeah, I definitely think um, everyone is you know, totally their own person and different things work for different people. Yes, this is all so amazing. I'm learning so much from like hearing like your routine, your experiences and all that good stuff. Um, so at this time, if anyone has any questions that you would like Kenzie to answer, you can put that in the comment section. Um, I know there's like a little question box down here, but I might not see it. I'm not sure if like a little notification pops up. So if anyone has any questions, you can leave that here. So Kenzie, what would you say is like your favorite plant-based meal that you enjoy having? 
Oh, I know right away as soon as you say that what it is. <laughs> um, so I created, back when I was a nanny, I created this dish called tachos, and it's tater tot nachos. Um, so now that I've kind of adjusted things on my health journey, I don't necessarily eat tater tots out of a, you know, bag from the freezer or whatnot. Um, but I will steam potatoes, kind of chop them up a little bit small. So they steam really quick, um, and make a bed of potatoes or even fries, oven roasted fries, any version of potatoes. It could be mashed potatoes, literally any version, um, as a base, and then lots of toppings that you would normally put on tacos. So um, lots of veggies, bell peppers, um, tomatoes, maybe pico or guac, anything like that, just piled on the potatoes. And I call it tachos still now, even though I don't use technically tater tots when I make it. Um, but that is my absolute favorite meal. I also make a nacho cheese. Um, that's a little bit spicy. It has um, like cayenne and paprika in it, but also diced jalapenos. Um, and it's made out of potatoes and carrots. Um, so it's very, very simple just to blend up. And that nacho cheese on like potatoes on potatoes basically is my dream meal. <laughs> um, so tachos are my go to. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like envisioning like everything that you were mentioning. And I was like, I should try that sometime because I love potatoes too. Like, yeah, our life. <laughs> so, anything with potatoes, I will eat. Um, so yeah, you have like my appetite coming up now. And um, you love tacos. <laughs> Um, is there anything that like you would recommend for someone who is just starting like their journey with food? They're maybe trying to figure out like how to heal different chronic illnesses. What first steps should they take on their healing journey? I strongly feel that the first step is really harnessing the belief that your body wants to heal that your body is ready to heal and it can heal. I think in our society, we're often told that our genetics are to blame or, you know, our body's attacking itself and um, certain concepts like that, that make us um, really doubt our ability to heal. So I feel that the absolute first step is really um, believing and trusting that our bodies are working for us and that they're ready when we provide the right environment to heal and really setting that intention to um, just really be ready to take on that journey. It's really not easy. There are lots of ups and downs still, even if you have the right information, um, you know, every day can look different, but just being really committed um, to supporting our body to be able to work its own magic because our bodies are, I feel really um, miraculous. So as long as we're um, really trusting of that, trusting our intuition, even, you know, the healing is within us. So really tapping into what we feel intuitively, really listening to the messages that our body's sending us Um kind of yeah that kind of encapsulates like the first the first step for me before any you know food changes or research or anything like that it really resonated when you mentioned like 
sometimes we can doubt our body's healing ability. Um, Because one of the things that, like, I've healed was having painful periods. And Mm -hmm. that realm, I feel like so many people just play it off as normal. And I used food to heal that. And I no longer get dizzy, have headaches or um, cramps or anything like that. And it's so funny. I actually made a reel with, like, um, women's health myths, like, debunked. And I mentioned how, like, food can heal the body. And I had, like, this hater comment. And she was like, yeah, right, like, blah, blah. I don't even remember what she said. (laughs) But I was like no like we eat food every single day and that builds up over time it's just cool like when we can get really intentional about what we're putting into our bodies and just seeing um seeing the after effects of that um i know you mentioned your wife's healing journey with breast what is she doing now She's doing really good. Um, She has, thank you for asking too. She has totally embraced this journey um, before she was in um, the fitness field and was personal trainer, coaching kickboxing, um, really high impact activities. And she's actually shifted to embrace the spiritual journey that we've been on um, over the last year. And she's now a meditation instructor, teaching yoga, um, studying a lot of different, more um, restorative fitness and um, functional ways for us to heal with movement. So um, she's still very passionate about movement, but kind of um, redirecting and taking the journey that she's been on to um, help other other people heal in the ways that have helped her. Amazing. I love that. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are doing good. And I loved having you on the podcast. Thank, thank you so much. It's been an honor. Yes, thank you so much, Kenzie. And this will be uploaded like on IGTV, YouTube, podcast, all that. So we different platforms where this will be and thank you to everyone who tuned in today i'll chat with you later kenzie have a good one bye everyone